Okay, hello, friends. Hello. Welcome. This is We Do, the podcast. I'm Megan. And I'm Luke. And we're engaged and planning a wedding and have lots of thoughts. We have so many opinions. After Nigel is done drinking his water, we'll start communicating them. Should we just reintroduce ourselves since he's so loud? No, I think that worked. I liked it. He's going to do this forever. This podcast brought to you by... Hydration. Dasani. So how are you, Megan? How's everything? How are you doing? I'm good. I'm uh, feeling I'm feeling pretty good about our wedding planning progress so far. Yeah. How about you? We haven't done a lot of stuff, but the decisions we've made cover a lot of areas. I've been doing a lot of thinking. I think that's what's helpful. About what? About all the things that we need to do in the fall. So I've been thinking a lot about, like getting our website together, and how we're going to collect RSVPs for a very complicated RSVP situation, Uh and uh, looking at invitations. We're setting up the reservations for you to come at all, plus the... We're setting up the uh, regular RSVPs. We're getting, you know, yes, no, you're coming. But we also need to assign everyone rooms. So unlike a normal hotel where you call the hotel and you book it and I don't have to worry about it, they have to actually tell me if they want to stay on site at the retreat center that we're getting married at and what kind of room they want. And then I have to assign them the room. And you pretty much have to stay there. I mean, it's a little bit. There's no other options. It's a little bit hard. It's kind of out there. Yeah. And then if they want to purchase any of the meals that are on site at the retreat center. Because we're not covering, like, breakfast and lunch and stuff. Yeah, a lot that they have to communicate to us on this. So much stuff. So I'm trying to figure out something that's going to handle all that complexity, which there's not much out there. Might have to be a Google form. In terms of, uh, like, doing research and uh, nailing down vendors and stuff, uh, we picked our site and... We picked our photographer, and the the venue really covers a lot of, uh, like, all of the accommodation situation is... Yeah, food. Is all them. The reception is all them. The ceremony is all them. We're not really going to worry too much about bringing in specialty uh, decorations or, uh, like, dealing with individual vendors for all those different things like it's all just them well so here's the tough thing about it we have so much time right now where we're not actively planning something specific is it making it crazy well so i'm going down the rabbit hole on pinterest which is what i think we should talk about today i'm ready not just pinterest but like the whole diy craziness that's going on in the wedding world today so I go on Pinterest and I'm like, you know. First mistake. First mistake, going on Pinterest. I, uh, of course, see like only wedding stuff in my like homepage feed. Um, And then I see something cute and I click on it. And then they show you things that are like, oh, if you like this pin, you'll probably like these other pins. And you go down this rabbit hole of like all of these fun, like tiny details. And I say fun, like in quotations, because... They look adorable, but as soon as you look away, you forget what they are. But creating them, I'm sure, involves a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. So that doesn't sound fun at all. Mm -hmm. 
but I'm like, oh, wouldn't it be nice if we did uh, it for the place cards for everyone when they come in to figure out what table they're at? Wouldn't it be nice if we did, like, uh, coasters so that, like, it, people could have their names on the coasters with, like, the number of the table? That would be nice. I wonder if they make those. No, you have to DIY them. And it's 12 steps and, like... Uh, $45 in materials and just like you go down this thing where you're like oh that would be a really good project oh that would be a really good project by the way I'm not crafty like that's the thing it's like why do I assume that you're also I'm like yeah you're not like a professional carpenter like why do I I don't know it just it really gets you and I feel like there's a lot of pressure to have a wedding that looks handmade right now like that's very in and but handmade as a style yes not actually handmade it has to look professionally handmade yeah but i think people think oh like i don't want to pay someone to do something that i can do myself so then they do it themselves and then it's terrible i should just construct this this uh scale wooden tree that hangs all of the favors from it oh my god so many diy favors and you don't even need favors so dumb. You don't have to have favors. Are we going to have favors? I don't think we're going to have favors. We'll probably have something that is not like a uh, a keepsake that you bring home. No. I I doubt we're going to have favors. Maybe something you use there or like an extra snack. Yeah. If we do anything that's favors, it'll probably be like nips in the welcome bags. We'll be like, this is your favor. Take mm. a shot. Um. Yeah, so... What do you think about this whole, like, DIY concept? I think uh, Pinterest is a little bit of a trap because a lot of the stuff that you see on Pinterest and a lot of the stuff that you see that gets sort of, like, served to you as, like, if you click on the Weddings tab, then, uh, and you see, like, a lot of burlap table runners. and so burlap. Uh, here's how you can do like the the vault ceiling with the drop cloths and all that kind of stuff is uh stuff that looks good in the picture but takes a lot of effort and plus uh the appeal of looking at it in the picture is it seems like something that would be uh interesting and sort of uh a more personal touch but everyone is looking at the same picture uh, or they're like 10,000 pictures of burlap table runners and so everyone is doing the same thing. So yeah. you're, if you end up going to other weddings uh, in the near future and you're, like, thinking about your own, I, I think you're going to see a lot of, like, uh, pictures tied on a string around a tree and, like, hanging enormous picture frames for you to, like, take your picture in it like a photo booth because those are all things that everyone has seen on Pinterest. Yeah. My mom went to a wedding uh, a couple of weeks ago, and she was telling me all about it. It was in someone's backyard, and uh, they rented a tent, which is a good idea, because I think there were, like, almost 200 people there. Uh, but they had, as the favors, they had mason jars that had chalkboard paint on them, and you would, like, write your name in chalk, in chalk on it, and then carry it around. That was, like, your beverage container. And they had... Um, like burlap runners on all the tables. They had like little wooden like slices of trees for like your table number. 
you, the guest book was like, you wrote a note on like a little wooden heart and then you put it in like a little Plinko set that was inside of a frame. Mm-hmm. All of those things are these things are I've all, seen on Pinterest. These I, are all things that I've seen. She, she was describing it to me on the phone and I was like, yep, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yep. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. You can visualize the picture that they definitely saw. Yeah. And not to say that any of those things are bad, but if you're doing these things to make your wedding unique, you're doing the opposite. Like you're making it more like other weddings. And when I, when I say it's a trap, I mean that it's easy to fall into the hole of looking at things and then saying like, I love the way this looks. I'll do that. And giving yourself extra work in terms of like, if you do something like the, that Plinko set thing that you're talking about, if you, if you say, I, I really want uh, a unique thing to do for my guests to find the table and you search for that and you're like, oh, this is this one looks good. I like this to complete that task. Then that's different than saying uh, I want I like I'm open ended. I'm just like doing I'm just like doing crafts. Yeah. And then that's how you can like get trapped into like looking at a lot of stuff that you like and just doing it all and collapsing under the weight. Yeah. Especially if you're just like, I want my wedding to look like X. Like that can be really like, I want my wedding to look rustic. That is a million things. And you can just keep adding details to that. And you know, you feel like it's never done. Yeah. How do you know when you're finished? Exactly. That's a joke. That's like a old like road comic joke where the, he's like working the crowd and he's like, uh, hi, what do you do for a living? And the guy in the audience says, I'm unemployed. And he says, how do you know when you're finished? <laughs> That's funny. So something that is not necessarily the uh, wedding part of Pinterest, but I think it's related. I have found that uh, because anyone can just like put stuff up and it's visual, you look at it and you think, oh, this is nice. And then you can go ahead and attempt it yourself. But the person who posted it is not necessarily someone who is an expert in making that thing or in uh, being a good explainer. (laughs) So uh, the classic sort of like if you are in school and you have someone who is a professional at something, but they don't know how to teach and they can like do the thing really well, but they can't explain it to you. Uh, I've cooked a lot of food from Pinterest that has been horrible and it's like, it looks pretty good and the recipe is like okay to follow, but then I follow it, and then I realize that it was like written by a, a paleo person who's just like looking to uh, like replace. cut everything out of their cut everything out of their diet. Yeah, replace everything delicious with other things. And it's it's not about like how can I make this specific dish really interesting. It's more like. Uh, I was able to eat this. Yeah. I saw, I saw one paleo post that was like, uh, sweet potato toast. And I love sweet potato and I can't eat toast cause I can't have gluten. So I was like, oh, this is interesting. Guess what? It's just, you slice sweet potatoes in, uh, the same thickness as you would a toast. And then you put it in the toaster and then that's it. Which, like, if you've ever that, cooked a sweet what? potato, it's not even cooked. That's not toast. No! It's just a slice of sweet potato that you've, like, barely heated up on the outside. So there's no... T- it's raw. Like, how gross is that? 
So I think there's like a similar principle where uh, not everything on Pinterest for weddings is uh, possible or yeah. like doable as a DIY. It's more like to to put on Pinterest as a visual of like the DIY style. Yeah, I agree. How do you feel about the idea of like do it yourself when a wedding is fundamentally a two person endeavor and generally the person who is the DIYer is doing it themselves by themselves. And I I don't know about anybody else, but there's a lot of tears involved whenever I have to DIY stuff. Uh well, I tend to associate DIY with, like, you have a desire to do it. So if you're talking about, like, making your own centerpieces and it's only one of the two people doing it, uh, I would immediately think the other person probably doesn't care what the centerpiece is. Yeah, I guess that's fair. I'm just thinking about, like, so much of the wedding industry is focused at women trying to make this event super special and like the best day of their lives. And so they can get very caught up in like trying to be unique and then they get caught up in do it yourself projects. And then the groom is like, I, I don't want to do this. I didn't sign up to DIY my own invitations. And then it's just like the bride at three in the morning, like crying over calligraphy <laughs> and like covered in paper cuts. It just seems like a like a fundamentally unfair uh, situation. Uh I think you kind of have to pick your pick your spots with that kind of stuff. Uh if it's if you feel that it's important to have certain elements where you're doing it yourself, then uh it doesn't have to be everything. And it shouldn't really be everything. Yeah. Like all the, there are people who are professional typesetters and calligraphers, and maybe you should pay those people to have it look how you want. Or if you can't afford that, or you would rather do it yourself, then I think it is okay to accept that you are not someone who has devoted a large portion of your life to calligraphing. <laughs> Calligraphy. But like... Calligraphs. Do you think that... Like, if I were to say, I really want to DIY our flowers, or I really want to DIY our invitations, um, do you think it's a, a single-person endeavor? Like, okay, you want to do that? Like, go right ahead. I'm I'm not involved. Or are you... You would be, like, fundamentally, like, okay, like, we're going to do this because you want to do it. So let's take invitations as an example. I would say, I guess, number one, uh, I don't really want to have invitations at all. I want to just do it online. Number two, the design, the reason I don't want them is partially like cost and paper and that kind of stuff. But also the design of it is, I feel, a trap to me because I will get very involved in deciding different shades of the same color or picking fonts that look basically the same. And I will like, I will really lose sight of the bigger picture, getting it done. Yeah. Uh, and this is not something I want to communicate that I don't care from the beginning. So 
but I know that once I once I get involved in it, I will start doing all of that. Like, You'll start I will, caring all I will, the way. I will like become uh, crazy about it. And it will make me aggravated because to begin with, I don't want to do it at all. I don't think you answered my question. <laughs> well, so so if I really want to DIY end, something, you're just going to be like, okay, good for you. So in the end, that's, that's what I would say is I would say like, if you want to, if you want to do it, I can help in some kind of way, but I can only help insofar as like, I'm supporting you doing a task in general and not like, I, I like not a task that should be important to me. So why isn't it important? I'm telling you from the beginning, it's not important to me. Oh, interesting. So I can. So help I you. would be. I would be you designing can, you can the give invitations. Me, you can give me tasks to do, but I can't be like, why don't you care enough about which color purple it is? Does that make sense? I think so. I imagine in our situation, at least, I would be like, listen, I'll do this thing, but for you to support me, I need you to like cook me dinner and do the dishes, so that I have the mental capacity to do this thing, mm-hmm. and then you just have to approve the final product. Right. I think that's better in a lot of cases. Yeah, I think it depends on how you're dividing the labor in your wedding planning process. If you're doing everything together and everybody needs to be involved in every decision, or if you're dividing, like, this person is doing the honeymoon and, like, I trust them and I'll let them plan everything and they don't need to run it by me because it'll be fine. And this person is planning the music and... There, I feel That's like how I feel about the music with you. There I'm are like, certain things go, you have go to go forth. There are certain things you have to do that way. If you do everything together, where you're constantly checking in with each other, or you can't do, you can't make any progress without doing it together, then you're just not going to get anything done. Yeah, but I think if both parties want to do a DIY project or are on board with doing a DIY project before you get started, it's important to like discuss the roles that each of you is going to play so it doesn't end up being one person does most of the heavy lifting and the other person is just like yeah whatever right like if you come into it thinking i want to make uh custom uh, i'll give you i'll give you a good example so there's this woman online i looked this up because i thought it was a good idea and i found out that someone did it and uh, I was really jealous until I read her story about it. She made uh, magnets that were like paper dolls. Okay. Do you know what paper dolls are? The ones that hold hands when you spread them out? No, they're like um, like cardboard cutouts of like a guy and a girl. And then they have like oh, paper have clothes, clothes that yes. have little tabs on them. Mm-hmm. So she made like essentially paper dolls that had different outfits that you could put on. So you have like the bride and the groom outfit, and then you have like little vacation outfits and all of them were magnetized. And that was their save the date. And I was like, that's such a good idea. And then I read it where she was like, this project took over a hundred hours, a hundred hours. Can you imagine? That's like six weeks of like 40 hour weeks. Mm. That's not, that's not the right math. Why? Why? (laughs) That's not the right math. That's like three and a half weeks. It's, I, I don't know. I, probably because she did not get them professionally made. She like printed them out and then attached them to the magnets and then like hand cut everything and then sent it to a hundred people. So she had to do it like 600 times. 
this is the kind of thing where to me it's sort of like uh unless that is something that is fun the process of it making it is fun for me to do uh it doesn't seem worth it for me to do it myself to achieve that end result yeah i mean i totally agree i think a lot of people get into these things get over their head right Um, immediately in my mind what i picture is uh that's that's something that should be done with a laser cutter, that a machine should be doing this. <laughs> yeah. And, like, there's got to be a way to print directly on the magnet. Yeah. But, and, anyways, so it, the idea is that, like... If I don't get pleasure out of, like, manually cutting human figures out of paper, uh, like, a hundred times. So she was doing this, and her uh, groom was just, like, not interested or involved and like the more stressful it became the less involved he became and she was like you were in this with me what are, what's happening so that kind of thing you gotta you gotta have these discussions in advance to understand who is doing what what the expectations are and then probably like map out the project so that if it's not going to be doable just scrap it before you waste your time and money and tears. If you're doing this paper doll thing and it takes... Don't do it. <laughs> as the example. Got it. If you make... If you, if you like, uh, make a first draft and it takes you three weeks, just stop. <laughs> just don't do the rest of them. Figure out something else. Yeah. There's a theory that, um, about, like, humans think that whatever time and money you've sunk into something is stuff that you can't get back, so you have to keep going. It's like if you if you've been that's waiting. That's the, for the opposite of how you should think about it. Yeah, so that's like a if you were a completely rational being, if you've been waiting for the bus ten minutes and the bus hasn't come, you should leave and find a different form of transportation. But people who are actually sitting there waiting for the bus think, well, I've already been sitting here ten minutes. I'm not just going to get up. It's going to come soon. And then they wait another ten minutes, and then they're like, well, I've been here twenty minutes. I can't get up now. Like, right, because then you're a doofus. Then, yeah, because then comes. you've, like, just lost 20 minutes rather than, like, you waited 20 minutes for the bus and the bus eventually came. But uh, That's what a lot of people do with, uh, like, problems involving money where it's like, I spent this money and I didn't get what I want, but if I spend a little bit more, then I might get what I want. And then the whole, you know, the whole saying, like, throwing good money after bad, it's yeah. sort of like, once you have a sunk cost... If you walk away, that costs you zero dollars. Yeah. And if you if you think spending a little bit more money will uh, improve your chances a little bit more, then that's something that you have to hold in your mind. Not I I spent I already spent this much. I just have to spend a little bit more to make like, it make everything better. Yeah. yeah. It's it's hard, but especially with DIY projects where you think you're doing it because it's going to save you money, and then you practice a little bit with whatever supplies that you already have, and then you have to buy more, and then you realize that there's other supplies that you need to make it, you know, a finished product, and, you know, down the road it ends up being just as expensive or even more expensive than if you had just purchased it in the first place, but you realize it far enough into the process where you're like, well, I've already spent half the money on it. I might as well go all the way. And I'm not, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't do anything yourself. No. Like if, if it's something that makes sense and it's something that you want to 
you want to do it. Like you want to do the process. You want to complete the process of doing it, not just like I want to have this be done. Yeah. Uh, so like we are not getting a DJ, and I want to do the music myself, but it's I, less about saving money and more about like we want full control over the music. Right, and. Really, I don't think in the end you save much money at all if you'd save any money because we still have to rent the speakers and the PA system, all the parts that go along with it, just not the actual DJ. But it gives me, I enjoy it. It gives me pleasure to like try to figure out all the different songs to put together for all the different occasions uh, throughout the wedding there are so many different, like, discrete little parts of it because you have the, the ceremony and the cocktail hour and then, like, people are coming into the reception and then people are eating dinner during the reception. It's all different. Yeah. Different. Which Adele song do you put where? You could do a whole you could do a whole wedding where it's just Adele songs and slot them in in the right places. We went to, we went to a wedding where they did, they just put, um, what was it, 23? What was the breakup album? They put the breakup album on just like the whole album on repeat while we eat dinner. And I was like, these are not the right songs to be listening to at a wedding. This is so depressing. No, that's a bad way to do it. Yeah. Um, sorry if that was your wedding. So uh, I enjoy the process of putting these together. And my my job involves media production. So I know a little bit. I don't, I'm not an expert, but I know a little bit about what's involved in uh, renting this equipment and setting it up myself. So it's not like completely new to me. I know a, a little bit of the pitfalls of how important it is to uh, set everything upright and have the right amount of power that you need to draw and whatever else. Yeah. So the moral of the story is if you are a crafty person or if you're a person who wants to do something yourself and you are going to get pleasure and enjoyment out of the actual process of creating it, go for it. By all means, enjoy yourself. I would say try not to do too much uh, Pinteresting. Is that the verb? Too much pinning. Don't spend too much time on the internet looking at what other people are doing in that area. If you have a strong idea of what you want, then just go with that. Because it can get you really muddled when you look at these shoots that, like, lots of the wedding shoots that are on Pinterest are, um, like, stylized, uh, idealistic photo shoots that are, like, two people in a forest with, like, a table set for two and this, like, elaborate tablescape. Yeah, there is no wedding. It's, it's just, just a, a photo shoot. shoot. Right. Yeah. And, like, that's so unattainable. <laughs> It's not even, like, unattainable in the way that Pinterest used to be, like, two years ago. Now it's just, like, that will never happen because I'm going to have, you know, 200 people. And, and if you're uh, if you're a person that uh, has experience putting on events, uh, as you know, there are going to be humans there messing everything up. So yeah. touching things. It's going to be... People are going to put... The people are going to put things in the wrong place. They're going to pick stuff up and mess it around and destroy how the way that you arranged it. So you don't don't be uh, shocked slash heartbroken. Is there a word for shocked slash heartbroken? That will happen. So don't be surprised. And I'm sorry for you if it's uh, a heartbreak because it's 
going to that's that's going to happen. People are going to someone's going to knock down your, your centerpiece. Someone's <laughs> going to blow out the candles for fun. Someone's going to take a bite out of the wax pear. <laughs> Yeah, people are, gonna, happens. people are going to eat from your, like, perfectly crafted and set up, like, dessert table before you've got the cake. That's happened at literally every wedding I've been at. Yeah, if you put out, if you put food out, it's going to get eaten right away. Yeah. At least, at least 1% of it is going to be eaten at the wrong time. Yeah. So, those things happen. So, don't not DIY, but don't feel like everybody else is putting all these unique touches on their weddings and you're left in the dust and you have to keep up with the Joneses. Your wedding shouldn't be a museum. Yeah, it should just be... It shouldn't be a series of exhibits that people come and silently appreciate. <laughs> it should just be a party. Like, at a certain point, you're just like, I don't need all these details. I just want to sign some paperwork, have some champagne dance until my feet get blisters, and eat a bunch of food. If you love certain things and you do, like, put in the time and it looks awesome and you're super proud of it, have, like, have your photographer come over and take a picture of it right away. Yeah, that's a good idea. Because it won't last long. This has been a very depressing episode. Sorry. The, let's, let's, so let's be positive about it. So all of the people that you have invited are here to celebrate with you and... Uh, some of them might notice the, uh, extraordinary effort that you put into certain elements and some of them won't. And some of them will screw it up without noticing. And your, your job is to enjoy yourself and to enjoy the moment of being together and transitioning from being a single person to a married person yeah and if a, if a couple elements aren't perfect or if someone if a if a child takes a huge handful out of your cake i'm sorry but you'll always remember that that's part of that's that happened that's yeah that's part of your day yeah that is something that is unique to you <laughs> yeah and uh, from everything I've heard from people who've been married, they don't notice these tiny details as much as they obsess over them in the months and weeks before their wedding. You know, they're they're high on life and they don't they don't notice that like the programs that they labored over for hours and hours are never put out and no one saw them or that the centerpieces don't include the paper flowers that they spent hours crafting so yeah I that's think good that, like if it, you're not going to notice it because you're too excited then i wouldn't worry about it yeah i think if there are certain things that you feel in in 10 years i'm really going to regret picking periwinkle instead of purple i really need to pick the right shade then pick the right shade and trust that the other stuff that you're not spending as much time on is stuff that will be fine yeah. Everyone will have a good time regardless. Okay. You guys, if you like us, please rate and subscribe to us on iTunes. You can email us at wedopodcast at gmail.com. 